Ah, uh, yes. Welcome, everybody, to the true definition of a sports fanatic. I'm your host, Brandon Lampley, recording on this Thursday afternoon. Uh, happy Valentine's Day to the lovers out there. Two years in a row, I haven't been obligated to buy anybody anything, and I must say it feels pretty darn good. But enough about my love life or lack thereof. Let's dive into some football. Now, this is supposed to be the NFL's offseason, their most quiet time of year, but they've been making noise since Monday. Kyler Murray declares his intent to play NFL football and leave um, the Oakland A's in baseball behind. The Browns signed Kareem Hunt. Tuesday, Antonio Brown tweeted out his farewell to the Steelers fans. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, Mississippi State defensive tackle, announced that he tore his ACL. Wednesday, the Ravens agree in principle to a trade of Joe Flacco to the Denver Broncos. Man, oh man, let's start right there. Now, I'm excited about the Joe Flacco trade, number one, because I am a Jaguar fan and the Jaguars have just been saved from themselves because I'm sure they were one of the players for Joe Flacco. I'm certain of it. And Joe Flacco does not belong here in Jacksonville. Now, he's not terrible. He's not Blake Bortles. Of course, he's better than Blake Bortles, but I don't want him here. Now, if they decide they want to go with Nick Foles, I'm fine with that. I'm cool. I'd really rather they draft a quarterback. Um, I wouldn't mind Kyler Murray. Um, I don't think his height is much of a factor. Um, I wouldn't mind Dwayne Haskins. Uh, But whoever they choose, you know, I'm fine with it. But I did not want Joe Flacco here. So now that he's off the table, you know, they can go pursue other options. Now, for Denver, it makes sense. Um, You needed a veteran presence. Uh, and they probably are still going to draft the quarterback. Um, I'm sure of it. But can you really say um, that Joe Flacco is better than Case Keenum? Can you really say that? Because I was asked that question today, and I paused. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Now, Joe Flacco, four years ago, of course, is no contest. But now, I don't know if he's better than Case Keenum. And the, these, these Denver Broncos are not the Denver Broncos from 2015 um, with Peyton Manning's last year. With that dominant defense, uh, they have a good run game. They need to address tight end. Uh, and they have maybe one legit receiver. Cortland Sutton is coming along, but they have one legit receiver. So I don't know if they're trying to recreate some of that magic, but I really don't think Joe Flacco is the guy for this team. Now, I could be absolutely wrong, and it could work out for him. Who knows? Um, I had a Ravens fan tell me that he thinks Joe Flacco will make at least one Super Bowl run with the Denver Broncos. Now, that is the spiciest of takes. Spicy in the time I went to Publix to get a public sub, and I saw Chipotle Mayo for the first time, and I asked the lady, say, hey, is this spicy? And uh, she said, no, it's not spicy. Got a little seasoning on it, baby. You'll be fine. I said, okay, I'll get some uh, Chipotle mayo. Wrong. Wrong. Had me sweating like a pig in a blanket. That's how spicy that take is. I said, dude, are you serious, man? And I know what he's thinking. He's thinking that John Elway is going to put the right pieces around Joe Flacco for them to make a playoff run. But I'm here to tell you, if John Elway wasn't a former Denver Broncos quarterback, two-time Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer, he would be fired today. I mean, you just look at his draft classes. 
early on, I mean, he was strong. You got Von Miller, Danny Trevathan, Malik Jackson, Derek Wolf, Bradley Roby. And then it just declined. I mean, the quarterbacks alone, you got Zach Dysart, Paxton Lynch, Chad Kelly, and Trevor Simeon. Oh, and let's not forget the crown jewel of his QB classes. Brock Osweiler. I don't think I need to even explain that one. Just Brock Osweiler, and we'll leave it there. Hot garbage. Now let's switch gears. We're going to talk about Kareem Hunt signing with the Cleveland Browns. And I knew it was just a matter of time before Kareem signed with the team. I wouldn't have minded him here in Jacksonville as a little insurance for Leonard Fournette. But make no mistake about it, Kareem has a job because he's 23 years old. And the last time you saw him in a uniform, he led the league in rushing. And he had a pretty good year um, before his suspension. That's the only reason. His talent currently outweighs the circus. It outweighs the baggage. It outweighs the backlash that they will receive by signing him. Now, on the flip side of that, let's take Ray Rice, for instance. Now, even though the Ray Rice video was much worse than Kareem Hunt's video, if Ray Rice had been 25 years old at the time and had been one of the top backs in the league, I guarantee you he would have got another job because his talent would have outweighed the baggage and the circus. I guarantee it. It wasn't because it was the right thing to do. It was because at that point in Ray Rice's career, he was more of a detriment than an asset. Same rules apply to Kareem Hunt. As long as his ability outweighs his distraction, he'll have a job. Now, I know there are those out there who believe that, you know, Kareem Hunt uh, doesn't deserve to have a job again. But let me put it to you like this. Are you holding him to a higher standard than you hold your own president, than you hold politicians, than you hold doctors, lawyers? Um, the guy who's in the cubicle next to you who has assaulted his wife, he gets to keep his job because it's not on video and you don't know about it. So is Kareem penalized because... His life is our entertainment, and we watch it as he lives it? No, I won't accept that. He's a 23-year-old kid who made a mistake, and he seems remorseful to me. Now, that doesn't give him a free pass to do whatever he wants. Now, if his name comes up in anything, anything negative along these lines again, he won't have a job anymore. The Browns will cut bait. Without much evidence, they're not they're not going to wait for it to go to trial. They're not going to wait for an investigation. They're probably going to cut him right away. Now, in no way, shape or form am I taking up for an abuser. I grew up in a household like that. Me and my mother, we are survivors of abuse. But he's 23 years old. He made a mistake. And I think he deserves a second chance. Now, let's switch it up. Talk Kyler Murray committing to football. Now, Kyler Murray, for his future, had to do this because if I'm an NFL GM, I'm not taking a chance on the guy who's going back and forth. He's waffling over his decision whether he wants to play football or baseball. So I'm sure he talked with his agents, talked with friends, talked with his camp, and they felt like committing to football was the best option for him right now. And I think it's the best option as well. Now, of course, there's a lot of money in baseball. You have a longer career. But with football, the money is more immediate. 
So just to give you an idea, let's talk numbers, Major League Baseball versus NFL numbers. So Kyler Murray had a signing bonus of $4.66 million, to which the A's had paid him $1.5 million. Now he has to repay $1.29 million of that $1.5 and forfeit the remaining $3.15 million. Now he gets to keep like $210,000 of that money, even though he, you know, he's not going to play for him. Now on the flip side of that, the 58th overall pick in last year's NFL draft walked away with a contract worth $4.86 million. Now, Kyler Murray will go much higher than the 58th overall pick in this year's upcoming draft. So, like, for example, let's say if he goes seventh overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Last year's uh, seventh overall pick was Josh Allen, quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. His contract was worth about $21.5 million with a signing bonus of $13.6 million. And that's a fully guaranteed contract with a fifth-year player option. And if the team exercises that fifth-year option, his salary will skyrocket to one of the top five uh, salaries at his position. So Kyler Murray, after four years of playing football, he accrued $21 million. Um, Then he goes into his fifth year, and if the team picks up the option, then his salary could shoot up to $25-plus million. So it's really no contest when you think about Major League Baseball versus football. Because in baseball, a, per, a player has to make it through arbitration to make money anyway. He needs about three or more years of service before he can make more than the league minimum, which would have been about, what, like $5 million they would have had him for? I mean, like Aaron Judge, one of the best players in Major League Baseball, I think made $660,000 last year. He's one of the best uh, players in the game. Now, of course, baseball careers are longer than NFL careers. With baseball careers, average to about 5.6 years uh, per career, where football, you're only going to last about an average of 3.3 years. And Kyler Murray is small. I mean, they list him at 5'10", 190. They're being very generous. I think it's closer to 5'9", 5'8", and 7'8", and maybe 180, 175 pounds. He's not a big guy, but I will not penalize him for his size because if you're a Jaguars fan, you've seen 6'5", 250, great athleticism, pretty good arm, charismatic, and can't play a lick of quarterback. There have been plenty of examples of undersized athletes exceeding expectations, and Kylo Murray will be one of them. We're talking Drew Brees' arm with Michael Vick-like athleticism? Oh, yeah, I sign up for that all day long. And I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in from day one and light this league on fire. Now let's switch gears, and we're going to talk about the Alliance of American Football, also known as the AAF. They kicked off this weekend. It's a brand-new football league. It's star-studded from the coaches to the player personnel uh, to certain people who are running the league. Um, and it seems to be a good product. I enjoyed every minute that I watched, and these guys are hitting. Watch that quarterback get decapitated over the weekend. And it left me wanting more. I mean, already the Orlando Apollos look to be one of the top teams in the league, led by, of course, the old ball coach, 
Steve Spurrier, and with Garrett Gilbert at quarterback and some very talented receivers on the outside. You know, unlike past leagues, I think this league will last. I mean, looking at the coaches, you have what Mike Singletary, who's the head coach of the Memphis Express, uh, Rick Neuheisel, coach of the Arizona Hot Shots, uh, Dennis Erickson, uh, coach of the Salt Lake Stallions, Mike Riley, uh, coach of the San Antonio Commanders, and Mike Martz, you know, head coach of the San Diego Fleet. And then you have Troy Palomalo, who's head of player relations, Hines Ward, uh, player relations executive, uh, Jared Allen, player relations executive and investor, Justin Tuck, member of player engagements, board of advisors. Now, I might be dating myself here a little bit, but the AAF reminds me of NFL Europe. It was basically the NFL Spring League where they will send younger developmental players to get a more game experience and coaching. And they would pay the expenses of said coaches and players. No, it lasted for about 10 years and it had about six teams and it constantly changed. But it was some notable names came out of NFL Europe. Just like I think there will be some guys who come out of the AAF and make their way to the NFL stage. Now, the AAF has really carved out its own lane. Um, they don't have to be in direct competition with the NFL. Really, it feels like they're in lockstep because their rules are very similar. Now, they have a few rule changes that I like, and my favorite has to be the rule of no kickoffs. Now, the kickoff is one of the most dangerous plays in football, especially prior to 2009 when wedges were allowed, where three or more players would block for the returner. And you will have players from the, other players from the opposite team of the kickoff team as wedge busters who will run downhill full speed to bust the wedge. Too many players were getting injured, so NFL changed that rule after the 2009 season. Now, the AAF has done away with it completely. Now the ball will be spotted at the 25-yard line. Now, the only drawback to that, there are no onside kicks, but there's an alternative. You get to go for a 4th and 12 attempt from your own 28-yard line, and if you convert it, you get to keep the football. But you can only go for this 4th and 12 attempt if you're trailing by 17 or more or if it's the final five minutes of the game. Also, touchdowns are no longer followed by extra points. You have to go for two every time. Uh, their overtime is similar to college, but it's unique in its own way. Uh, both teams will have a chance to possess the ball. Each team gets the ball on their opponent's 10-yard line with a chance to score in overtime. If there is a tie at the end of the OT period, the game ends in a tie. So you get the ball in your 10-yard line. If you score the football and you get your two-point conversion, the other team gets the chance to possess the football. They score, get a two-point conversion. Game is over, and it ends in a tie. Now, some people won't like that, but it's better than flipping the coin. First person gets the football, go down and drop for a touchdown, and the game is over. Now, ratings-wise, they didn't do bad. Um, I know they beat the NBA. You know, football is still king in America. No, but someone mentioned to me that they didn't beat the ratings of, say, the XFL at its height. Um, but you have to remember about the XFL at the time, they had guys who could have played in the NFL who were drafted by the NFL. The AAF have players who are trying to get in the NFL who want to play for the NFL. That's a big difference. So it's not quite as star-studded. But there are some notable names. 
I mean, from Christian Hackenberg to Zach Mettenberger, uh, Garrett Gilbert, Stephen Morris, uh, B.J. Daniels, Matt Asiata, Daryl Richardson, uh, Bishop Sankey, Trevor Knight, and of course, my dude, Charles James, former HBO Hard Knock star and former Mandarin Mustang. Now, they will only play a 10-week, 40-regular-season game schedule with playoffs and championship dates to be determined. Uh, But I think this league will grow and it will prosper and probably turn into a de facto developmental league for the NFL. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. Saddest part of the show. Got to wrap it up. Any topics you want me to touch on, anything you want me to discuss, Message me on any of my social media accounts. Um, look for me, up, Brandon Lampley, on Facebook. Same thing on Instagram. Search my name. Twitter is B underscore L-A-M-P-S-T-E-R. That's B underscore Lampster. B Lampster. Uh, so hey, DM me. Let me know what you want to hear. If you want to debate me, you want to argue, it don't matter to me. I'm down for it. Um, Also, if you want to listen to the podcast on the computer, you can do that as well. You don't have to listen to it on the phone because you will have to download the CastBox app. Um, So all you got to do is go on the computer, type in CastBox and C-A-S-T-B-O-X dot F-M. Go to the search bar at the top. You can type in my name, Brandon Lampley. It's B-R-A-N-D-O-N-L-A-M-P-L-E-Y. Or you can type in the true definition of a sports fanatic. And the show should pop up. Episode three of the podcast uh, should be published sometime early next week. You know, I'll get a chance to dive into some college football, talk some NBA. Just so you know, I am a LeBron James fan. So all my Kobe and Jordan stands, be ready for that. But until then, of course, this is Brandon Lampley. See you next time.